0: Kelsey Kloss is the CEO of Kloss Creatives, which positions companies as lasting industry thought leaders through powerful PR, social media, and branding. She's also an entrepreneur contributor, journalist, and emerging leaders advisor council, member of the North San Diego Business Chamber. Previously, she was a national magazine editor for brands like Good Housekeeping, El Decor, Reader's Digest, and more, and has shaped marketing strategies for global companies such as Scholastic and AT&T. You're listening to the Super Expander Podcast, Align goals are pivotal for expansion. You don't need me to tell you that, but what happens when your flame weakens? What really happens when it totally goes out? Reignite your goals starts with awakening to the emotions that pull you further and further away. Letting go of your shame, denial and frustration and figuring out why your body is resisting your goals are the key to success regulate your nervous system release the blocks and reassess your path forward because your goals are ready to be reset and reignited Hello, hello, Super Expanders, and welcome back to the show. I am thrilled to be sitting here with a very, very special guest, and I'm so excited to share her with you. So welcome to the Super Expander podcast, Kelsey Kloss.
1: Hi, Corey. Thank you so much for having me. I love listening to this podcast. You touch on such important topics, so I'm thrilled to be here.
0: I'm so excited. We're going to have a great conversation about so many different things that I know the audience is going to benefit from, from all of that. And we always like to start out with just that juicy question. It's always the same. I know everyone's like, but it's such a fun, deep question. And I think it's such an interesting one to explore. So who is Kelsey deep down on a soul level?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And when I think about this, I think that I feel most connected to myself when I'm creating something. And that doesn't just mean, you know, painting a picture or trying, even though it could, you know, it could be creating opportunities or creating friendships by connecting two people or um, you know, creating opportunities for our clients or our team members. When I maybe even baking bread on a Sunday, I feel like when I get to make something that didn't exist before and is something new that I'm able to introduce to the world, that's when I feel most connected to who I am. So I would say a creator um, in in many different forms, though.
0: Well, you are definitely, I feel like, born in the right era, since this is really the era of, of the creator. When did you start to really know that that was an integral part of who you are deep down on a soul level? And really what you wanted to bring forth in this world was just being a creator.
1: Definitely. You know, I think that I always had an interest in creating things just for fun. You know, even as a child, I remember uh, creating newspapers for my whole family to read long before I even considered going into journalism. I would create, um, you know, scrapbooks just filled with um, magazine snippets and themes that inspired me. Like, this is what I did for fun on the weekends (laughs) as a kid. So I, I think that that was always you know, a part of who I was, and probably something that a lot of kids do, but it always felt really like I was in my element. And, you know, even as I grew older and started exploring different career opportunities, that aspect of being able to create something always seemed to guide my decisions and guide where I went. Um, You know, even if there was strategy or number backing those creations, which is so important too, that creativity and creating something new was always part of the story.
0: I love that. So when did you know that you wanted to step into the realm of journalism then?
1: Yeah. You know, I think that um, it wasn't really something that I had considered until I went to my university. And I remember my first year there, I had to take an elective and journalism was one of the options. And I went into class and the professor who maybe seems just a little, uh, a little intimidating at first, he said, okay, you're going to have to read the newspaper every single day. And we're going to have quizzes on it. And you're going to have to show that, you know, the news. And I like, oh my goodness, I, you know, I don't know if this is what I want out of an elective. But after a week, I just fell in love with the whole process. And as the semester went on, it just more and more to me. And that particular professor ended up being the greatest mentor um, in, you know, my, my career. <laughs> and I'm still in touch with him to this day. Just saw him a few months ago, really took the time and care to mentor and nurture me as a journalist and teach me the ropes. Um, and that was just, you know, and is the kind of professor he is. So I really owe it to someone who took the time to invest in his students.
0: Oh, I love that. And, you know, I think that why that's so important is because we don't always have instructors, professors that are like that. And it really is kind of a, it takes a special person, I think, to be one of those. And I just wish that, I don't know, I guess I I wish that everybody had some kind of experience like that, a teacher in their life that touched them in in that sort of way. So you you dove into journalism, but where has that brought you to today and what you're doing?
1: Definitely. You know, every step along the way, I feel like I've been telling a story, whether it's a news article in the OC Register, a local newspaper, or it's a feature article in a magazine like Good Housekeeping. Every step along the way, I was telling a story about something new, whether it was medical research or a new recipe to share or someone doing something really amazing. And then I realized that I could also apply that to the marketing world. So my big first transition from journalism into a more marketing-centric role was when I went over to Scholastic, and I started um, overseeing content operations there. And that involved writing articles that helped parents and teachers find books um, and give reading tips to kids. And we would connect those stories with the Scholastic products. So that was kind of a tie-in telling a story, but with a different end goal and with a different purpose. Um, went on to do some work for ATT t as well. And then ultimately um, went full-time with my own company where we were able to tell these stories through PR, through social media and branding to um, companies that are looking to show what they do in a really meaningful way, because everyone and every company does have a great story. Usually it's just a matter of uncovering what it is. It's already written, but a lot of times there's some layers of confusion covering up what it is at the core.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so now you're helping people Mm -hmm. really bring their stories to the world, instead of just doing it within a company standpoint, you're actually helping entrepreneurs, founders, that sort of thing. Do I, ha- I have that right? Don't
1: Exactly. I? Exactly. We work with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, companies, and um, to really tell that story in a genuine, authentic way that is unique to them.
0: When did you, or I guess, how did you really start to discover the power of storytelling and, and how that really translates into creating a brand, creating connection.
1: Yeah. You know, I think it really started when I was um, learning how to be a journalist back, um, you know, in college, we would write for the local papers, we would do news stories. And my favorite part of it at that time was talking to people whose. Voices you wouldn't normally hear who weren't already in the paper, they were maybe just living their lives, but they had a perspective on an issue or on a story that hadn't been heard before. So being able to have those conversations with them and then share them with the wider public to reveal a story that was brand new to many people that just felt so meaningful. And I discovered that that could also be used um, in a company setting to share the great, great work that these teams of individuals are doing at companies to provide an amazing product or a service. And really, that's what moved the needle the most. Um, When I was in corporate and I was working for these companies, being able to share that story and share the meaning behind it is what ultimately connected those companies to their audiences. And actually resulted in the most revenue and resulted in the most sales. So it's really effective from, you know, business perspective, but then also just knowing what your story is. and um, A lot of times, I think, especially in early stages, um, you know, business owners, CEOs, they might look to what other companies are saying. So you start to see the same buzzwords over and over again, you know, where results driven company that's, you know, Obsessed with results, for instance, that might be something that you see a lot. And someone might be inspired by that and apply it to their story and their narrative, even though they have a different point of view. So, um, you know, being able to peel back those layers and really get to the root of why an entrepreneur or a CEO is doing what they're doing is really powerful.
0: Yeah. So, storytelling, I feel like, is it's all the hotness these days, right? Everyone is talking about storytelling. Mm -hmm. I think because there's been so much conversation around how that impacts our brains and how we interpret things. I mean, and if you look at I don't know, for centuries and like forever, that's how human beings have learned is through through storytelling. But I feel like the in terms of using it as a personal brand, a lot of the conversations that I hear from my clients is that they're just not sure how to bring that out. Because when you start to look at your story, it's kind of like, do I start at the beginning? Do I start at the end? Where do I start in the middle? It could be this kind of what details do I leave out? What's the important parts? Like how, how does someone start even get started with that?
1: Definitely. I would say first and foremost, don't feel like you have to stick to just one story because there's different chapters of your story and you might bring out those chapters at different points, you know, depending on who you're talking to or what the purpose of your conversation is. It's good to have one core story, but Don't feel like you're going to be forever held to that. And when it comes to figuring out what that core story is, and then maybe what the additional chapters are for for different moments and times, I would say, tell your story a lot, the best as you can to begin with and see what people naturally react to and see what sort of lights you up when you're talking about it? What makes you smile when you're telling your story? What makes you excited? Um, what makes your eyes light up? Because that's going to be the most meaningful part of your story. And then also look to your listeners for cues when they start nodding a lot or they say, oh, that's really interesting. That's something to hang on to and to recognize as, oh, okay, this is what's making my story different. So just as an example of that, when I was talking about class um, Creatives and our company, I started noticing over time that listeners were really reacting to the fact that I had previously been a journalist. And now I'm working in PR and marketing and applying those strategies. And many of our team members are former journalists or existing journalists um, as well. So that's something that I noticed really light, lit up other people's eyes. And it's something that was a passion point for me. So there was this kind of dual moment of, okay, this is really resonating on both ends. I love talking about it. My listeners love to hear about that side of the story. So we started really leaning into that and that's what makes our company unique and what makes us stand apart and makes our story you know, memorable. So that's how we found it. But I think that following those cues is a great way to find it in your story as well.
0: Ah, Okay. So looking for those sort of clues in, in the interactions. So maybe you start to notice those clues and you mm-hmm. kind of start to create a rough story around that. Do you have any tips on refining it and polishing it and making it, I don't know, really compelling and impactful?
1: Yeah. So over time, I think the to your point, you'll kind of have this rough outline of, okay, this is my story. These are sort of the main points I want to, to hit on. When you have a few points that you see, you know, light up your listeners and light up yourself, you can start thinking about, okay, how do these points compare to maybe some of my competitors or what else is in the market? And then you can really highlight the ones that are less visible out there. So, um, you know, for instance, if another company is doing something similar to you, maybe, or many other companies are, maybe you put that point on the back burner and you put something that is more unique to you in the forefront. Also think about the words you use, you know, are you using jargon or are you using words that are actually powerful and meaningful to your brand? You know, there's a lot of business jargon out there and a lot of companies fill their websites and fill their stories with those buzzwords, but unless it's actually telling your story, then you can probably leave that out and then make your story a little more concise. Um, Also, focus on how your story helps your target customers or helps others. It's easy to kind of get wrapped up in the how and why of of why you started your business, but be sure to shift that quickly to how it helps others and how it makes an impact on the world and make sure that part of your story is really relevant too, because that's what's going to be relevant to the reader.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Because your story, almost like making your story not about you, even though it is your story. (laughs)
1: Right. Yes. It's like you can be the catalyst, but then quickly shift it to your listener and how it applies to them in the world.
0: Yeah. I love that. So along this journey of, you know, so starting to support founders and entrepreneurs and thought leaders bringing their story forth, there had to have been, I mean, cause this said, this was kind of a leap for you coming from where not like a leap, like crazy leap, like <laughs> but it was a leap right a, a big a big jump into some a big jump into something new which yeah. takes a little bit of of bravery to be like you know what i'm going to go branch out on my own i'm going to create this thing and do my own thing so there had to have been someone along the way that really reflected to you and showed you that this was possible for you
1: Yeah, I would say a number of people along the way, you know, I I feel so fortunate to have a really, really supportive family and husband who are always cheering me on and, um, you know, are there to support. And then also going back to those mentors who um, really do make an impact, you know, my journalism professor. Um, Jerry Hicks uh, from Chapman University, he showed me that it was okay to take a leap for something you loved because I really fell in love with journalism that first year, but I was was a business major at first. And for a college student, looking at all of the possibilities and career options ahead, it felt like a leap going from business to journalism. It felt like a less secure, potentially lower revenue career path. Um, And it, it was a little scary making that jump. But he really showed me that it was okay to do that. And that if you're passionate about something, the best results are going to come from that and you'll make it work and it'll turn out great, but you have to, you have to live your life according to what lights you up and and what you love. So he um, really helped me make that leap. And I don't think I would have ever done it without um, his guidance and his support.
0: I love that. I love that. So I kind of want to circle back because I started thinking about how you're, you're, you're supporting people and they're bringing their stories out and they're being authentic. What would you say is sort of like the biggest faux pas or biggest mistake people make when they are trying to get their story out and their message into the world?
1: Yeah. You know, anything that feels, um, inauthentic, if you write a story about yourself, Because you think it's what a business owner or a CEO should sound like, it's probably not quite right. I would say it's about revealing your story rather than writing it. You already have a story, you already have so many things that make your journey and your passions unique. It's just about pinpointing them. So if you feel like you have to craft something to sound like another company or to sound, quote unquote, good enough, which I think is an easy trap to fall into when you're just starting a business and you're thinking, this is how I have to be now. This is what I have to sound like. Then that's that's not as authentic as it could be. And what's truly authentic to you, even if it feels unlike what others are doing, is going to be the best story because everyone wants a new story. You don't want to hear the same story that's been told five or 10 times before by similar companies. They want to hear you. And especially nowadays too, you know, customers, consumers, they're not looking for perfection. They're not looking for polished. They're looking for human connections and authenticity. And that's what's going to resonate with them the most. So um, I, I think that would be my biggest tip there.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great tip. I'm always shocked. There are certain things that we put out, whether it's in, like on stories or where whatever platform we happen to be on, and there are certain things you put out that just completely get the, the biggest response, and it's never what you think it's going to be, okay. typically.
1: <laughs> it's so true. It's, it's really unexpected, and I think even taking those cues, too, from your audience, like, oh, that's what they find interesting about me. Okay, and um, that also happens to be something I love, so great. We can lean into that more. Um, and, you know, I think that also goes to for when you're telling your story on different channels, um, you know, there's, of course, all of this conversation around threads when threads came out and the big topic was, oh, you know, brands are being relaxed on threads. It's a place to be more casual and fun and playful, which is great. But if that's not who you are as a brand, if you're not like the fun, silly, playful brand. I don't think that you should alter your voice or your story based on channel. Think about it a little bit and make adjustments by channel, but your brand's personality and overall story shouldn't change based on where you're posting. So that's just another little thought that comes to mind there.
0: Oh, yeah. I feel like that's great. Great advice. And you are right. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, threads, which I even have to ask. I mean... really simmered down pretty quickly, didn't it?
1: it? Yeah. I I think the usership numbers um, went down pretty quickly. So it'd be interesting to see where it goes from here in the long-term, but yeah, yeah. It was a very, very big topic for- Yes.
0: For like, it was like a flash in the pan. It was like bubbling, boiling over. And then all of a sudden it went down to this, like, is is the stovetop even on? Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So let's let's share with everyone a little bit of where, because I, I know that they're listening and they're curious of how they can learn more about you and all the ways that they could potentially work with you and get into your world. So let's talk about that. What does that look like?
1: Absolutely. So at Class Creatives, the services that we offer are PR management on a monthly basis, So, where we're really crafting and telling your story to journalists. Um, we're pitching one-on-one, getting you that press coverage that really drives revenue for you, um, and thinking about the overall strategy every step of the way. Um, so that's the PR services. We also do media training, which is a one-day service we have branding services and then also monthly social media, which is another great opportunity to tell your story, especially when you combine social media with PR. Having that cohesive story across the board um, from, you know, coming from different channels can be really, really effective. And we actually share a lot of tips um, around storytelling and, you know, sharing your message and and sharing the great things that your company is doing on LinkedIn and on Instagram. So you can find us there at Class Creatives Um, and and you can connect with me on LinkedIn as well, one-on-one.
0: Amazing. I love that. That will all, of course, be down and in the show notes for everyone to find easy access. So make sure that you go over, you say, hello, tell her that you found her here on the super expander podcast, because it's really always nice. At least I think to know how someone discovered you when it's new and you know, they're, they're new to your world. If there was any sort of, I don't know, parting words of wisdom, a little juicy nugget that you'd like to leave the audience with, what would it be?
1: Yeah, that, that's a great question. I think, you know, understand that your story will always be evolving and that's okay, as it should, because you're constantly growing and your story is going to grow too. So if you're on the fifth telling of your story as your as your brand and your company grows, that's okay. Um, it's exciting to be able to share the journey that you've been on and um, people want to know. So don't be afraid to put it out there and to share and to, again, share how that impacts the people around you and your customers and your, your target clients and customers, because that's really amazing. You're doing something great by putting your work out there and people want to know.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so, so good. I love the idea of being okay with sort of the iterations of, of your story. And I think what I think is so powerful about that too. And I, I say this, cause I'm thinking back about a couple of specific founders that I've been f- following for a long time probably like 15 years and i actually remember being kind of like shocked and aghast the stories that they were sharing and i felt like they were kind of messy and i <laughs> they were really letting people in on on the journey very much at the beginning but what I find to be astonishing is I was so shocked by it then. But now it's been really kind of cool to watch the development of them and yeah. actually watch those iterations of the story and actually as it's unfolded. So I think that that is the the best possible advice that you 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 could give
1: absolutely. and And your customers love to see that like you said too, over time. it's exciting to see you grow yeah. and grow. So absolutely
0: yeah absolutely. I appreciate you so, so much. You've shared so much value here with everyone. So thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. So grateful. Thank
1: you so much. This was great. It was lovely chatting with you,
0: yeah, so so much fun. we'll have to We'll have to do it again sometime. <laughs> we will catch you on the next episode.